What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week three of the Texas high school football season. I'm Alex Miller. We're joined by Abigail Ochoa, everyone's favorite high school sports reporter here in the Brazos Valley. <laughs> Abigail, how are you today? I'm doing good. Am I everybody's? Um, um yeah no I'm good I'm doing good it it was a kind of a crazy week this week a lot of uh teams I think that we didn't expect to win won, and a lot of teams that we didn't expect to lose lost so um a lot to talk about but as far as locally I mean um our our four local teams are doing pretty well I would say a good start um Brian's still um looking for that win but I still think they have a lot of promise and talent so I'm excited overall yeah, well, let's just start with the Brian Vikings then, because, you know, week one, they lose Malcolm Gooden. They lost to a really yeah. good Lovejoy team last week, more of an even playing field against uh, College Park over from the Woodlands area. But, you know, it didn't seem like Brian was able to put much together on offense until late in the game when they were down too much. Um, you know, Dillard coming in first start uh, as the starting quarterback. Uh, I think Travis was at that game, um, yes. but, you know, from, from what you heard, what you've seen, you know, yeah. what, are, what are we making of the Brian Vikings through the first two weeks? Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it, it, I think I'm seeing good things. I think I see so much promise in that team and I know they've lost. Obviously that's not something that you want to start your season off with. You don't want to be 0 two ever. But um, I think for the Vikings right now, they should be pretty proud of what they've been able to do. Um, that first week, I think um, any team going into the game with that much, I mean, they lose your head coach, they lose the quarterback during the game, they play Lucas Lovejoy, who's probably going to make, you know, make a state run. I mean, any team in that situation is probably going to lose that first week. So I think, you know, I think we take that one out, you know, and they still did good even, even in that loss. So and then they they come and they play College Park at home. College Park we knew was gonna has a really good um, uh, passing game, and uh, they have a good quarterback behind them and and a good uh, a few good receivers in there. So that's kind of what got them in the end um, was uh, Brian's defense wasn't able to really stop that attack. Um, but again, like we're still seeing good stuff. Um, Dillard I think had a good first star. We talked about it last week about how this would really be kind of his first start, even though he came in um, in, in week one when um, Gooden got hurt. Um, and I think we still saw good things from him. He had, a you know, 111 um, yards and, and a touchdown. He uh, ran for 62 yards on six carries. So I think we're seeing a lot of good things from him um, that Brian will be able to build off of um, in the weeks to come. Um, they did rely on their run game quite a bit. Um, last last week, you know, you have Isaiah Nuttall and um, Nick Carraway and, and Dwayne Paul Hill. So they have the guys like, you know, we've said all season, they have the guys to win and they have the guys to to make it far this year. But, um, you know, it always sucks to be 0-2. And, and I just don't think that they should get down about that because um, they've shown some really good, they played some really good football. Um, in the past two weeks and they get Ross Rogers back this week. Um, so I think that's also a plus um, just to get your head coach back, get back in that regular groove of things. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think Brian, um, 
that they should not they should not keep their heads down at all and you know getting coach rogers back will be a big help we'll talk more here in a little bit about their big game against brenham uh sticking on that side of town rudder Mm. they went quite the distance to play uh el El paso americas over in kerrville and they got a big win uh 44 to 7 over (laughs) el paso americas you know this was a game we talked last week uh sort of had maybe some playoff game kind of vibes going on you know you, you probably take a charter bus, you go out, you play a team you don't really know a lot about. And, you know, Rudder didn't skip a beat. It sounded like EJ Ezar had a really good game, over 300 yards of offense, five touchdowns, uh, very efficient through the air. Uh, Jaquise Martin, their freshman, I mean, yeah. he has really come on as a playmaker, even, even, as, even as a young kid. Um, and, and how about that? How about that Ranger defense? I mean, they, they've <laughs> yeah. been pretty salty the first couple weeks and, you know, they're, they're big favorites over Elgin this week. We'll talk about that one here in a little bit too, but you definitely like what you're seeing from the Rudder Rangers early. Um, and, and I'm curious how that one game at a time mentality is going, you know, ha, you know, true. last year, so focused on the playoffs, maybe got a little distracted at times looking ahead too much. Um, but now you, you see him taking care of business these first two weeks in a pretty good manner. Uh, we'll see if that can continue. Yeah. Abigail, you were at the college station game last week. Uh, yeah. They rolled past Fort Ben Bush. Uh, what did you see from the Cougars uh, in week in week two? Yeah, you know, we talked to – uh, Scott a little bit later about it, obviously. Um, but I just think College Station is rolling at this point. I mean, they they just ha- they've had two good games behind them. Um, you see all three phases really coming together. Um, I know before the season started, uh, Coach Huff was a little worried about what the, how the special teams would do, but I think we're continuing to see um, that they're pretty strong as well this year. They're getting them good field position. Um, you know, a lot of good punt returns, a lot of good kickoff returns. Um, it, it's just all three phases are really coming together. Um, defensively, um, they've been close to two shutouts in this last two uh, games. Um, and I believe the the points only came when the second unit came out. So, um, you know, the starters on defense are doing a pretty good job of holding these teams and they, they've seen so much already. They have such a tough district that I think they're so prepared for anything um, any team can bring. And I think um, we're just really seeing that pay off for them right now. Um, a lot of good veteran leaders on their, that squad. So um, a b- big for their offense as well. Um, this week, you got uh, Jet Huff, who broke a career passing touchdown record for the school, um, which he was really excited about. He said he's always wanted to do it. Um, and he was able to do it with six touchdowns on Friday. So I think we're just seeing, you know, we're really seeing them. Um, Coach Huff always talks about getting in that rhythm. And I think we're really seeing them get in that rhythm, um, especially pretty early on this season. Um, obviously, they were big favorites to win the first two games against Hutto and Bush. Um, and so we're going to see a big change this week against Magnolia um, when they start district. But I think if they're able to just kind of keep keep doing what they're doing, um, then they'll be okay in the long run. But again, this will be their first real test, I think, um, this week. For sure. Well, coming up later in the podcast, we kind of buried part of the lead. Uh, 
Scott oh, yeah, Clendenin. Sorry, I, I... <laughs> yeah, Scott Clendenin, the voice of the Cougars. He'll be joining us to break down College Station as they begin district play this week. We're, we got district games going on. Hey. <laughs> uh, a&M Consolidated. Um, they beat Aldi MacArthur pretty handedly. Uh, another strong performance from quarterback Brody Daniel. You know, the first week we talked about how impressive he was throwing the ball downfield. Last week, it was his legs that really stole the show. He had five rushing touchdowns. So he's accounted for 13 of their 19 touchdowns this season, which include two non-offensive touchdowns. That's been a that's been a big thing that I've noticed (laughs) is that Consol, while their offense has been pretty good uh, on uh, balanced and their defense, you know, doing a good job getting off the field special teams has been really strong for them uh they they've got a pretty solid kicker in Fochetti and Trace Meadows has been a really good punt returner for them you know he he sees the field really well he had a punt return touchdown in that first game against Waco University and he's been responsible for them having really good field position quite often and so that's what I really like about this Tigers team is that they they're really complete. Um, that's what I've seemed to notice these first two games watching them. Uh, but we'll talk later about how this week it's going to be a step up in competition because they're facing Converse Judson, who is one of one of the top teams in 6A, definitely probably the best team in the San Antonio area. Um, and that that'll be a good game for the Tigers to have early on. Abigail. Yeah. What what are what are maybe a game or two that caught your eye in the area last week? Yeah, so um, Cinderville definitely caught my eye. I know um, they lost in overtime to Cor- Corrigan Camden, um, but still they had a great game. I mean, Paxton Hancock he rushed for two hundred sixty three yards, and overall the team had four hundred and one rushing yards. So almost half of that. Um, it, it, it's just a good team. They're, they're showing, um, they're a real threat on the ground and, and Hancock back there is always, um, a good guy to have. I mean, to, to have that many rushing yards in a loss, um, against a really good Corrigan Camden team. It's not like they, you know, were, were, um, you know, just, just playing an, another team, another week. It wasn't some random, um, opponent, um, it's just really cool to see, and and you don't see that very often. Someone getting that that many yards, um, and they went into overtime, so um, it, it was a tough test for Cinderville for sure. And I think they, even with the loss, they kind of stepped up and really showed what they can do. So that's always good to see. Um, BVGA also caught my eye. They beat Victoria, the Victoria Cobras, twenty six to nineteen. Um, if you remember, a couple of years ago, uh, they lost to Victoria in the state. Um, the state title game six man and um they haven't really been able to beat them since victoria has been pretty strong they went to the states in my final last week or oh my gosh <laughs> last year um not last week but last year and so they're, they're, they've been a really good team overall and, and i know bvgo is probably really excited to get that win um especially just with the history they have with that team and we saw some good things pierce goodwin at at quarterback he had three touchdowns uh, five tackles on defense, two pass breakups, and then you get Jake Pope, who's really good for their defense as well. He had 15 tackles and an interception. Um, and then they have guys like Seth, 
Jackson and Davis um, Levy, who, who helped them out as well on both sides. So it, it was just kind of good to see overall. And I'm sure when that BVTA had, or a team that BVTA had circled on their calendar um, to really go out there and, and get that win. Speaking of games circled on the calendar, we had Franklin and Hearn <laughs> circled on our calendar. Uh, at least I did. Uh, <laughs> that was the game that caught my eye last week. Because we talked about this game last week, how mm-hmm. Franklin, definitely the favorite, was likely going to win. We were curious how Hearn would stack up against Franklin, though. And uh, the Lions, the Lions pounced all over him. Uh, yeah. 55 to four to 15, excuse me. Um, big halftime lead game was never really in doubt. It seemed like the Washington brothers had a really good game uh, in the, the defense was what really made the difference for the lions. You know, we talked about a consolidated having non-offensive touchdowns. Well, Franklin had a pick six. Uh, who was it? It was Bryson Washington, 61 yards for a touchdown. You know, Devin Hidrago kickoff return for a touchdown that Franklin defense only allowed 117 yards, forced three total turnovers. This is a really good Hearn team. I, I think yeah. Hearn is going to be a really good team down in the 2A Division One level. But Franklin, they are, they are just one of the best teams in the entire state. Uh, especially, I mean, they have the, they're the number one team in 3A Division Two for a reason, um, you know, this game was canceled last year because of COVID. Uh, so, you know, I was actually, I think I was planning to go to that game uh, or that was the game I was covering that week and it got canceled on like a Wednesday. Uh, so yes, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty late in the week. So, you know, that, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty powerful win for Franklin. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that's really frustrating for Hearn, but you know, I think if you're Hearn, you hope you learn from that experience playing a team like Franklin and use that as good experience throughout district play. Cause like I said, this is a really good Hearn team. (laughs) They've got a chance to have a really good season. So hopefully the Eagles don't get too discouraged from this loss. Well, Abigail, I think we've covered a lot of things from last week. Let's move into our next segment. Coming up next, we got Scott Clendenin. He's breaking down 5A Division One District 8 College Station Cougars as they open district play against Magnolia this week. Welcome back, everybody. Now joining us on this week's podcast is Scott Clendenin. He is the radio com- color commentator for the College Station Cougars. College Station starting District 8, 5A Division One play this week. Scott, you're one of our favorites on the show, so thanks for joining us again. I appreciate it. Uh, excited uh, with the start for the Cougars, and then um, um, especially excited with district play starting. I think the step up in competition is going to be good. Well, non-district was pretty short for the Cougars, only two games. You know, I, I guess one of our first questions, you know, what have you seen from the Cougars in the first two weeks of the season? Well, I, I really like what I've seen with some of the, uh, the the newcomers that have come in. There wasn't a lot they needed to replace, uh, holding those returning guys to a pretty high level, uh, like coaches are. I think uh, Marquise Collins has, you know, played to the expectation level of a guy – 
that you thought would be able to come in and, and really be one of the best running backs, um, you know, not only in this district, but in, in class five a, and pretty soon, I think he'll, he may start uh, uh, seeing some, some, you know, some higher level recruiting because he is really playing very, very well. And I also think that he's, you know, even though he only has uh, one catch or 22 yards, I think that he, and seven on seven and some other settings has shown his ability to catch the football and really round himself out as a running back. So that's really been uh, huge for the Cougars. And, and I think that Jet Huff continues to perform at a very, very high level. We saw that last year. Um, you know, his, he, to say he was pedestrian in the first game of the year against Hutto when he was only 10 of 15, uh, really, you know, with two passes that were, you know, one of them that might have had an interference call that that went for an incompletion. He has done a great job of not trying to force anything. And I think that's what we've seen, the growth of him uh, from his sophomore season up here to the senior. And I think he's added a little bit of ability to run the football. And, and you know, I think that that's probably something that the, the coaches in district did not expect. And his ability, if you play man-to-man across the board and coaches get a good read on that and you know he sees a, a lane to run I think that's a change for him that he's going to pull the football down and, and try to give you something on the ground yeah for sure Scott obviously two big wins for College Station to start off with against Hutto and Bush um, but where do you think the Cougars need to improve despite having the success um, pretty early in the season well it, it's really hard to look for some place I mean Abigail you've been there to see yeah. that the starters played basically one series in the second half against Hutto, and they played yeah. two series in the second half against Fort Ben Bush, and they've left those games, both of them, 49 to nothing. And, you know, they have really controlled it. They've given the young guys a chance to play, uh, kind of get their feet wet, but they've been very vanilla when they've been in there. And I think that, you know, one of the things they would like to see is, you know, and maybe it's not going to be for a few weeks because you're about to step up in class, especially with Magnolia and the new Caney schools right off the bat, that maybe those guys start to establish themselves. And, uh, you know, Padron out there, you don't have to, you can actually run your offense more than, than you are right now. But the other thing I would think is that you want to get uh, Dalton Carnes involved a little bit more. Yeah. He only has two touches. They're both touchdowns. And that's great. He was one of the guys that got interfered with against Hutto and, and didn't catch a, a touchdown there. So I think getting him the football uh, is probably one of the keys and, and big improvements they can have, because I think that Sewell and Thomas have, you know, kind of been the feature guys, because I think that's the way the coverage is played. I would expect right. that, uh, that Dalton Carnes has some big days upcoming. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely going to need him. Uh, he's a playmaker. We've seen that in the past. Um, you know, looking at looking ahead, though, uh, big picture, H- how do you feel like the Cougars stack up against uh, the rest of this district? I mean, 19 district, it, it's a it's a long district slate. And, and there are some pretty good teams in here, even though College Station might be the favorite. I, I, I agree with you because I think that um... – you know, uh, we didn't see Reschiano last year uh, go against him from uh, from from Porter. Uh, he's been off to a tremendous start. One of the big guys that uh, you know, they had a kind of a dual running back threat there last year, and he's kind of taken over a lot like Marquise Collins being the feature back this year for the Cougars. Uh, you know, Lufkin is always going to have talent. Um, you know, they've gotten off to a one-and-one one start. 
I think that you, you look at, uh, you know, uh, Waller, who had a, a huge win, 62 to nothing. Um, you know, what are they going to do offensively? They've kind of gone from wishbone to wide open, don't know what they're going to do, so I haven't really got a, a look at them. So I, I think that the, the teams at the top are, are the ones that I, I kind of expect. The, the New Caney schools, the Magnolia schools, and Lufkin would still be the best teams. And if you can run through those guys, then you have an opportunity to have a really good year. And then, you, and then I think that Magnolia this week, for you know, after the really disappointing maybe third quarter, half a third quarter in the fourth quarter last year, up until the Cougars could get Ryan and were eliminated from playoffs from the eventual state champion, I thought that they really played great football the rest of the year. So Magnolia's kind of been circled for this team. I know my uh, Wyckoff is now playing for the Aggies. Uh, they've got yeah. uh, new quarterback and new running backs, and, the, and they really uh, you know, have struggled a little bit, uh, taking a loss in their first game, and then you know basically um, you know beating Brenham when your quarterback goes ten of twenty-seven. Um, I, I don't know what that says about the Brenham Cubs more than it says that Magnolia <laughs> played a great football game. But I, w- but I would expect that Magnolia has their you know, their full attention and their best shot this weekend. But they want to get after uh, Russ Choate, who's kind of been a dual-threat guy leading them in rushing and the, the quarterback. And then Tyler LaLue is a guy they're going to have, really have to watch out for as far as somebody in the wide receiving court. Yeah, Scott, you mentioned, obviously, college station. That was their only loss last season. Um, you know, it was a tough loss for them. You know, even Jet says that that's probably one of the toughest games that He's just had to play and kind of get over. Um, but h- how important is this first game for College Station? Obviously, they're, they're at home this time. Magnolia, like you said, is missing a few key players um, in Wycroft, uh, Mitch Hall, uh, Travis Moore, uh, really good players that helped him out last year. So um, how important is it just to get started on the right foot, especially against Magnolia? Well, I think that that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, playing Hutto, who who did beat Waco last week to get back to one and one, uh, Fort Bush had been Bush had played a a good game against Hightower, who is a six A team from there in, in in Fort Bend. So I think that the level that I, that uh, you've seen the the Cougars play at makes those two losses question those other teams. I think that if you start playing like that in district, you can really establish yourself. I was. Quite honestly, I was disappointed that the Cougars didn't ascend to the number one ranking in the state because I thought they exceeded the expectations that that people outside the program, uh, right. Texas football and some of the other uh, predictions, had them winning that game by, you know, three touchdowns. And then they were like right on the spot as a 43-point favorite against Fort Ben Bush. And like I said, that's without the starters. They could have named their score in both those uh, games with the starters out there. So I expect them to play at a very high level. Uh, Magnolia is going to have to get after them defensively because that's where their returning players are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just don't think that there's going to be, you know, uh, much that they can, you know, have any kind of wild defensive game plan that the Cougars haven't already seen when you're talking about, you know, uh, in your in your skill position, guys, you got, you know, four seniors and an experienced junior that are going to be there. And the offensive line starting to pick up a little bit of steam, uh, you know, and, and the couple newcomers they have there have, have fared pretty well for the Cougars. So I think that defensively, it's Magnolia is going to have to raise their game to contain the Cougars. Yeah, yeah that, that's one question I got for you, Scott. How how big is it for College Station to maybe have maybe 
a lot more size on their lines on both sides of the ball. Maybe something we haven't seen as much in previous years. I think that the, the this team maturing and growing up has a little bit to do with that. I mean, you go back to the state championship year, that was the growth of that team. The year before when they lost in the semifinals to Cal Allen, it wasn't because they were losing the line of scrimmage. I thought, you know, the first year after that, when all those guys had graduated, the line of scrimmage on, and games they, you know, that they won and had a good game there, that was it. Really starting to, to move in the right direction there. I think it says a lot when Corey Hendricks, who was your starting left tackle and a, and a you know, a, a college guy who, who has offers and, and committed, gets moved out of that spot. When you have a guy come in from California like Jake Utley, who's another huge kind of guy, a 6'6", 300-pound guy that really didn't get an opportunity to go through the regular offseason that you would, you know, because of COVID, he's only going to get stronger as a, as a player, I mean, as an athlete, and that's going to make him better as a player. But I think Farrar, uh, Hendricks, Tate Vela plays with an attitude. There's going to be some games where they move him back into guard and they move Hendricks maybe out to right tackle if they think there's guys on the edge that they need to, to need to have that size. So they have some flexibility and experience. And then Richard Mata has been, you know, a, a guy that's really given them something as well as a solid three-year starter. Defensively, you know, Lindgren and Scal are back. And I thought that last year when Scal went out, that kind of hurt them. They did have uh, Von Holmes step up into that spot. But I thought that Scal had really played well. And what Corbin Johnson and Chance Johnson have, have been able to give them on the edge when they're in the three-man front in the regular defense, that's been good. But they've also been able to go to the four-man front and have, uh, 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 you know, Dalen Ahmed and the two Johnsons kind of man that outside edge and give them some pass rush. So I think that size has really played well for them. And that's why I think I don't know what Magnolia, even though they're one of the bigger teams and should have some bigger offensive linemen back, I don't know if they're ready for the combination of maybe the speed on the edge that the Cougars have and the maturity and, the, and you know, those other defensive linemen finally growing up and getting a little bit bigger. Well, Scott, as always, thanks for joining us and giving some th insight on the Cougars. Uh, how, can, how can listeners uh, tune into the game on Friday? All right. Uh, Tim Shadow will be back doing play-by-play. -play. I'm going to go hey. back into the, uh, <laughs> into the uh, color uh, spot, but it's going to be great to have Tim back. We'll, uh, pre-game will start at 6.30. We'll have pre-game interviews with Coach Huff and then kick off at 7 o'clock as uh, the Cougars try to go to 1-0 and on the district uh, schedule there against the Magnolia Bulldogs. I think you had me on last year before the Magnolia game. There better not be any of that bad karma still floating around because I, <laughs> I, I don't think the coaches would let me come back on this podcast if, if that's the thing. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right, Scott, thanks for joining us. We'll be back right. here in a minute previewing some other big games here in week three. Welcome back, everyone. Let's preview a little more week three action. Abigail, we opened the show talking about the Brian Vikings and how, yeah. you know, it's it's been a it's been a it's been a tough two weeks for them, given COVID issues with Coach Rogers uh, losing Malcolm Gooden, and now they have to go on the road and face a Brenham team. These are two zero and two teams that start district play next week. Both teams seeking that first win. How important is this game for each team, especially Brian? Uh, and even more so when you consider they have to play Temple next week, who's yeah. probably 
the district favorite uh, at, at District 12 6A? Yeah, I think if we're ever going to see a battle this this season, it's going to be this game. I mean, um, like you said, both teams are looking for that first win. Um, and in crucial times of the season, you know, if this was week one, maybe it wouldn't be as crucial um, to get effort to get that opening win. But this is right before district starts. And like you said, Brian's going to face Temple and we know that they're a tough team to be. And um, so, yeah, it's just a really important week. Um, but I, I believe both teams have so much talent and promise. Like they, I know we keep talking about that, but um, they really do. I think, uh, you know, We've seen Brian's um, offense kind of get going a little bit more here in the in the last week with Dillard now under center, um, which is always good to see. And then um, Brenham, you know, their defense held Magnolia to seven points until the third quarter. Magnolia is about to play College Station. We we talked with Scott about how um, how that'll be a test for College Station. Um, so I think it's we're seeing really good things from both teams, but. It's really going to just come down um, to, to whoever can, you know, play the whole four quarters. Um, you know, last week against College Park, Brian, um, they were, they held them pretty close. Like, I can't remember what the halftime score was. I believe it was 14 to seven, College Park up. Um, and then College Park ended up getting a couple more scores in the second half. So, uh, and, and Brenham too, Magnolia ended up scoring um, two more times. Um, I think in the fourth quarter, the end of the third into the fourth. Um, so I think it's really going to be about which team can really just play the entire game, uh, which defenses are kind of on their game and are able to stop key plays in certain moments. Um, and I think that's who we're going to see win this game. Um, I don't even know who I think is going to win <laughs> just because they, they're just two great teams who I think um, have a lot of talent and, and, um, or are capable of doing these things, but like, you know, anything can happen, especially with this much on the line. Um, you want to get that first win before you start district. You don't want to go in 0 and 3. Um, so I think it's going to be a really tough game, but like I said, whoever has the longest, um, who's able to, you know, be physical and, and stay tough the longest, I think is going to win this game. Anum consolidated. We talked about earlier, uh, rolled through those first two games, but now taking a step forward in competition, playing Converse Judson Friday night at San Marcos, Texas State's Bobcat Stadium. This is going to be an interesting game. You know, talked to Coach Fedora on Tuesday, you know, and I asked him, you know, does this, does this kind of have a playoff game feel, you know, bigger stadium, really good team, more evenly matched. You know, they're taking charter buses, leaving a little earlier from school, you know, th that's kind of that's kind of the atmosphere that I'm that I'm starting to feel uh, surrounding this game. And this is going to be the biggest test yet for the Tigers. You know, they they weren't necessarily challenged in those first two games. They had huge halftime leads. You know, they kind of coasted through those second halves, got a chance to play a lot of backups. Um, Converse Jets, on the other hand, you know, they went out week one and beat DeSoto. I mean, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good team at the 6A level. You know, last week they got beat pretty good against uh, Lake Travis uh, in a road game. But, you know, and, and even though Judson, it sounded like was pretty sloppy in that game, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have worked all week to get a lot of those things corrected. Um, and so 
I'm I'm curious how I feel like we're I feel like we're gonna see what this console team is made of this week, uh, facing a team that's probably gonna give them a little bit of adversity. You know, a team that you know maybe they face a deficit in the second half. You know, how do they respond when things don't go well for them? Um, and so, but I, I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Consoli's first two weeks. Uh, they they have they have definitely exceeded a little bit of expectations in my in my thought. Um, and and Brody Daniels seems to have good command of that offense, so should be a good one over in San Marcos. Um, Rudder at Elgin, you know, I guess the question is, can the Rangers keep yeah. rolling? They're big favorites over the Wildcats. Abigail, what do you think might be the key to victory for the Rangers? Yeah, I, I want to add something about Consol. Yeah, know we yeah, talked please. In the beginning of the season, uh, there was a lot of question marks about how this team would be. Um, so I think, like you said, it'll be interesting this week. We'll really get to see if, because um, so far, Consol has been able to, those questions have kind of diminished as we've seen them play the first two games. They got a quarterback going. They got their defense playing well. Special teams doing good. So I think it'll be interesting this week if, if we continue to see that that trajectory or if more questions kind of come up after this after this game against Converse Judson. So just wanted to add that. But um, yeah, Rudder, I think, um, like you said, they're favorites again this week against Elgin. They're big favorites like this week. I think 35, yeah, 34 points are um, projected to win. But um, yeah, I think it's really important for this Rudder team not to get complacent and not to get too confident in, in, in their, um, you know, non-district slate. Because um, then they start, you think about it, they have the have uh, Port Lavaca Calhoun, I mm-hmm. believe, next. And then they start district with Huntsville, <laughs> which is like, I, I mean, a big, a big opener for them. Um, they've had trouble against them in the past. Huntsville, we always know, brings a lot of good guys. And, um, you know, Huntsville kept them out of the playoffs a, a couple years ago or maybe last year. Um, so, yeah, so they have two big games coming up. So I think it's really important for them to um, just kind of figure things out against Elgin. Um, anything that they have questions on, I think they really need to um, kind of play out and, and see how that goes. But they have been firing on all cylinders. So um, I think they're going to win again this week. But I think it's really important for them to um, just kind of not get too confident and not, like you said, take it one game at a time. And I think if they keep that mentality, um, they'll be good. But we're seeing good things from them. Jeremiah Johnson had another great game. I think we're going to um, keep saying his name, um, but he had another great game defensively. He had a 65-yard uh, punt return touchdown and then eight tackles, two sacks, a safety. I mean, <laughs> um, they won by a lot, but still, I mean, it's good to have see those numbers pop up for that redder defense um, especially. For sure. Well, at the private school level, Allen Academy and St. Joe's, this is going to be a big game. Thursday night um, at the six man level for both sides. You know, I was at this one last year and it was wild. Uh, St. Joe's meeting Allen for the first time and what seemed like forever, you know, last year, it seemed like it was the perfect storm for uh, St. Joe's to, to pull off the upset. Uh, the, the big games from Twister Barrington, Trace Brightwell, but as we've seen, this has been a little bit of a rebuild for that Eagles team this season. You know, Allen Academy, on the other hand, you know, 
won that won that first game against BB Chia, wasn't able to play last week. So, you know, they've been sitting and waiting and had quite a bit of time probably to prepare for this game. Um, you know, this is it's a rivalry game. So, you know, anything can happen. I think we were all expecting Allen to to come away victorious last year. You know, that that was a game that might have really fueled uh, them making that run to the state championship game. But who knows? You never know. Um, if I was a betting man, I'm probably taking the Rams. That's probably who I'm taking in my picks this week, but this, this is going to be a fun game. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how, how it comes out Thursday night. Abigail, what is one area game you've got your eye on this week before we close out? Yeah. So Franklin will be at Cameron this week. Um, I, I think it's a big game for both teams. I know obviously Franklin's been on, um, like we, you know, we've always, we've talked about they, they're going to make another, probably going to make another state run this year. Um, and they're looking really good in this first half of the season. Um, but I think it's a big game for them too. I mean, they lost to Cameron last year, 37 to eight. Um, and they bring back a lot of the same guys, but I think obviously Franklin is a new team this year. Um, and we can't forget that. Cameron is also a a little bit of a new team this year, a new head coach, new quarterback. I mean, um, so I think it's going to be really good. Um, Similar to how Hearn, um, the the Hearn versus Franklin was a good test for Hearn. I think this is going to be a really good test for Cameron um, to see how their young team does um, against a powerhouse like Franklin. Um, I know last season, um, Franklin only had three days to prepare for the Cameron game. Um, because they, they had to cancel that game with Hearn um, due to COVID issues. So um, they didn't have a lot and they, they couldn't really get anything going on either side of the ball. Um, Cameron came back in the second half and scored on four of their five possessions. Um, and they were, they kind of just rolled on from there. And that, that was big. That was a big win for them then. Um, so um, I think Franklin has had this game also circled on their calendar of, of kind of wanting just to, get a little payback there and, and for that loss. And um, I think they're going to be able to do it. Cameron has shown some fight though, this season um, with head coach Rick Rhodes, um, who, who's, who I think is getting them on, on the right path. And I think they'll, they're going to do really good um, in the districts, um, the district slate, but um, you know, they, they lose to, to Lago Vista um, 64 to 62 in overtime. I don't know how many overtimes they did with that score, but probably three. More. three? Okay, three, um, <laughs> which you don't see. I mean, week one, uh, but uh, then they lost to Belleville, uh, 41 to 26. Um, so I think they're showing a lot of fight. Uh, they're obviously able to put up some big numbers like we've seen, um, you know, 62 and 26 in, in the first two weeks. But, you know, Franklin is another animal. They have so many um, different guys that they can go to. And, and as you've seen, as we've seen from, you know, the Washington brothers and then Malcolm Murphy. And I, once these guys get rolling, it's really hard to stop them. And um, I think overall it'll be a really big test for Cameron to see um, what they're able to do when um, uh, this week. For sure. You know, the game that I've got my eye on is definitely Bremond versus Milano. Um, you know, these are two teams trying to find their way this season. Bremont, a really young team, uh, off to, off to kind of a tough start. 
you know, lost pretty big against Normandy in week one, uh, lost to Axtell last week. And now, now they start a three game road stretch, uh, beginning with Milano, you know, they, they beat Milano pretty good last season, um, 43 to zero, but you know, this Milano team came up with a, came up with their first win of the season last week against, uh, Alpha Omega private school over in Huntsville. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, how these, how these two teams fare and, uh, you know, what, what they're able to put, put together. Um, so that, that's definitely a game I've got my eye on. Abigail, I think we've covered it all this week. It's another, another week of football (laughs) and fun. Got anything, got any final words of wisdom or comments? I do not, but I hope my picks um, are better this week. (laughs) I think I got so many wrong last week. So here's to a better week. I have not checked the standings, but (laughs) I think, I think that uh, I am not in first place. I, will say that. I, I am not. Uh, I think we're tied for last place. We are tied last, for last place. I believe so. Let me let me double check here. But um, we did not do good last week in our picks. So I need to. I, think, I need to stop. I, I need to stop doubting all these teams. I know. I, I we talk about them every week, and we're still not getting these right. Um. Okay, yeah, we were both thirteen. We went thirteen and nine last week. It's pretty bad. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Is 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 season first? Primo's in first. Primo's in first. Yeah, he went eighteen and four last week, which is pretty impressive, considering how many teams were not expected to to lose last week. Hmm. Um. So and then Cease went seventeen and five. Um. So he's in second, but we're tied for for third but um yeah it was a like I said in the beginning it was a lot it was a on Friday I was looking at these scores and I was like wow I was way off of who I thought was gonna win to this week but mm, well hey you can't win them all can't win them all can't win them all <laughs> all right that's gonna do it this week's episode of the Brazil Sports Preps cast follow like subscribe whatever the term is we're on Spotify we're on Apple Podcasts Check all of our stuff at theeagle.com. We're going to bring you coverage uh, Friday night all over the place. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.